Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are for episode 67 if you're new to the show, you are very, very welcome. What a show we have lined up for you today. Your friend, my friend, our friend, Jenna is back on the show. And as I promised you before, we have a genuine music therapist on the show today. I'm delighted to bring a conversation that I had with Dr. Paul Quinn, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to enjoy this one. We've got spoken word from Daniel Breslin. As always, please do get in touch You can email me, hellostevopodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at hellostevo. I'm on Facebook, Stephen Mullen Comedy. Send us your thoughts, your prayers. (laughs) We've got so much to get through, and we've got so little time. Let's do this! Ladies and gentlemen, folks, you are very welcome back to the show. Hello, Steve-O Podcast, episode 67. It's Monday, the 8th of June, 2020. And what a special day it is today. Genuinely delighted um, to... I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of emotional. It's a different level um, of emotion here today in Ireland. For those of you who are not listening in Ireland, uh, in Ireland today... Uh, part of the lockdown has been lifted. Now, it's it's all a bit confusing because there were so many phases here and there. Um, back a few weeks ago, the Taoiseach, or in other words, our Prime Minister, the leader of the land, had announced a five-phase program of how we're going to get out of lockdown. And we kind of had all really accepted it, that the pubs weren't going to be back till at least August, and it was going to be a very different type of pub. And then all of a sudden last week they announced that they're going to take the phases of the lockdown, of coming out of lockdown, pull it right back to four phases instead of five. And genuinely today is huge because uh, we've entered into phase two, but phase two... Uh, means a very different thing for us. For example, traveling, for example, I'm just looking up at the Irish Times here. Travel uh, means that you can travel anywhere within your county or up to 20 kilometers, which for me is controversial because if you're from Cork, the biggest county in Ireland and the best, it's fucking, (laughs) it's a bit bigger than 20 kilometers, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. 
Cork is huge. If you went from East Cork, say from Yall, the furthest of East Cork, to go all the way over to Bantry, that's a few hours drive. So you're lucky bastards if you're in Cork, that's all I'm saying. And you have West Cork, which is an amazing place to spend your summers. Many a summer I have spent down there. But for me personally, what's the emotional bit of this bit of the lockdown is gatherings. Here's the definition of what they're doing with gatherings. Now, we weren't going into anybody else's homes. We weren't, you know, visiting other people, no family, nothing like that. But now, groups of up to six people can meet indoors or outdoors, but at a two meter distance, which is going to be difficult in my parents' very small two-bedroom apartment to keep the two meters distance. But it does mean that they can see their granddaughter or the granddaughters. They have two granddaughters. Um, and it's kind of nice. My, my niece was able to come uh, to the park near where we live this morning. And um, it was a bit like we walked together, my brother, my sister, my niece, my daughter, my girlfriend, and we were all in the park running around. And um, it was kind of weirdly emotional. Man, it's crazy. I'm looking here at the calendar, and it's not three months exactly, but it's like a week short of three months. It's been a long time. I haven't seen either my brother or my sister in a long time. And just to spend just to be spend normal time running around in the park. My daughter definitely doesn't know exactly what's been happening for the last few months. That's for sure. Yes, she can feel that something is different now when we're running around in the park. And there's a sense of happiness of being together with other people. It's quite uh, it's beautiful. It's it's magical. So I was delighted. I'm delighted that Ireland has done so well that we can get to this point. My girlfriend is from Portugal, as you know, and they've their lockdown has ended. They have ended lockdown, so things are somewhat back to normal there with regards. I mean, obviously, going to the shops and all that stuff, social distancing is going to be a thing for another while yet. But they are getting around to live their lives a bit more uh, normally. All retail stores are also going to open again um, with staggered opening times. I don't know what that means. Libraries have reopened. Thanks for that. That was the one thing now that I was really needing for uh, lockdown was the library opening. Don't be so sarcastic, Stephen. Why are you being bitter? It's sunny outside. I was just trying to be funny. But as you can see, I'm rusty. I'm genuinely worried about... Like, stand-up comedy is not going to come back for me and for other comedians for a while. And I can see some of colleagues of mine are doing outdoor stand-up comedy. They're doing drive through stand-up comedy. It's not for me! But fair play to them for doing it. But I'm nervous about going back to do comedy. <laughs> when it does come back, it's months away. Months away. But libraries have reopened. That's the point. And marts without spectators can resume. What kind of marts have spectators? That's an odd one to point out there, isn't it? Importantly for people over 70 as well, um, the over 70 would be considered the me medically vulnerable when it comes to coronavirus. They um, are allowed to have visitors to their home with social distancing um, and shops will continue with dedicated hours to uh, the, that age group. But that's all really positive news and um, it feels like we're coming out of a weird, weird period in history. Um, and I'm just... Am I emotional about it? As I've said, yeah, I am, weirdly. Just as I'm talking to you guys. Now, I didn't think about it that much this morning when we were running around the park, but I'm just glad my daughter gets to go out and see other people because, Jesus, she's sick of us. 
big night in our house last night because for the last while, and I didn't want to get in the in the way of it, but she would not go to sleep. She still has somebody to to go to to put her to sleep, you know. And no way was it happening with Daddy for the last while. But last night, I broke it. I broke the camel's back there. You know, I I don't think that's the right expression, but <laughs> but we had a. She went to sleep with Daddy last night. Daddy's good at the stories, you see. Daddy's good at the stories and the voices, you know? So, comedy is coming in handy at certain points, but she went to sleep with Daddy last night, and I was delighted. And somebody sent us a new uh, storybook for her in the post. Got it today, so that's, like, the next thing that I can lure her in. That sounds a bit weird. But, like, for tonight, I go, come on, let's go to sleep with Daddy tonight because Daddy's got a new story. Woo! Oh... All the positive vibes happening this week. My mother, as well, has sold a few paintings. She's an artist, as a lot of you know. But she sold a few paintings because of this podcast. Isn't that amazing? So, people went on to her Instagram, which is at Anna Mullen Art. I will put the link in the description to this podcast. But uh, Anna is spelled with one N. A-N-A. Because it's the Spanish spelling. So on Instagram, she's at Anna Mullen. Mullen is M-U-L-L-A-N. Art. Anna Mullen Art. Why would you go there? Because her paintings are pretty bloody cool. They're so cool that listeners of this podcast have been buying them. So I'm delighted for her. She was delighted. She didn't even know that it was listeners of the podcast that were, were buying them until somebody said it to me. I didn't know they were buying them either. Somebody said during the week that they bought it and they loved it. They're such big fans that they even were commenting, oh yeah, I love her earlier stuff. <laughs> She's not you too. But um so delighted. Check out check out her page. She I'm I really love uh some of her stuff. And she's like a real artist because she's not she doesn't do commissions. If somebody wants her to do a piece or whatever, she won't do it. She just follows w- whatever way her journey of painting is going, which is really cool. But that has phases of like in-between phases, do you know what I mean? Where she's doing really, really cool stuff and she's kind of nailing a certain thing, but then when she goes to explore another way of painting or another technique you know there's middle points where she hasn't quite got there to where she wants to get to with the painting but it's uh she's doing great work oh yeah she just got uh, i saw on her instagram she just got some mounting boards so she's selling a load of smaller things like postcard size paintings now as well so there you go go check that out because i do love supporting the old independent artist um and speaking of which, somebody sent me this, so I said I gotta give this a shout out. Glenn Carter. Shout out to Glenn. He has just released um his new book, Operation Saber. Now, what an achievement. I think round of applause, everybody in the background. Well done, Glenn. I can't do this with holding. I hope you can hear the clacking, Glenn. And that's not sarcastic because to write a book, what an achievement. I tried to write collections of short stories and stuff. It's like, wow. It's so hard. I've listened to amazing authors like Kevin Barry who say, you've got to write at least one shit novel before you can actually write something that's good. But Glenn has gone ahead. I don't know how long he's been writing for, but I was just sent this. I looked up his website. I saw the work that he was go- what was going on. And I thought it was really cool. So I thought uh, to give him a shout out um, because he has written his first book and it's a book for teenagers so any of you guys out there who are who have teenagers this is the perfect book for them but 
it's evidently being enjoyed by all ages. Like Harry Potter was. Like, it was supposed to be for kids, but, like, half of you read it in your 30s. So here's what it says about Glenn's book. You'll find out in this fast-paced spy adventure. I f- There's not enough spy adventure stories in the world. But this is a fast-paced spy adventure story about three young people who are recruited to the youth division of MI5. Can it get any more exciting? What a brilliant concept. The youth division of MI5. I mean, as adults, we'd all like to work in MI5. James Bond and all that kind of carry on. But there's a youth division. So the story goes that Paul and Rachel's father have been... um, Paul and Rachel's father has been kidnapped... And they are drawn into a race against time to uncover the mole and find him before it's too late. This is a book filled with thrills, humour, unexpected twists and turns that will keep the reader enthralled right to the end. Check it out. Check out the details on it because he is publishing this independently. www.glencarterauthor.com I will put the link in this description, in the description to this podcast. But here are some of the reviews. I love this. Lydia, age 10, says there are hilarious moments and cliffhangers that will leave you craving for more. Ben is age 13. He says, I can't believe how gripping this story is. And Michelle, who is aged 60 plus, says it was so exciting that I had to close the book. Which, that's a bit of an odd review for Michelle, age 60 plus. She was so excited about it that she had to close the book. This is too exciting. I'm closing the book. I kind of know how you feel, actually, because um, I watched a movie during the week that I it was so exciting and so sweaty. Actually, yesterday I watched it. I had such sweaty hands watching it. It was a sweaty movie, genuinely sweating watching this, that I had to stop it at one point. A documentary. I'll tell you about that in a minute but first i'm going to break it up here i've loads more to chat to you about loads of thank yous to say new patrons coming on board and some questions about patreon and stuff like that but hey i talked to our your best friend and mine jenna back on the show it was great to chat to her during the week so before i get back to all the other bits and pieces let's hear from the wonderful jenna and it is recording Jenna, welcome back to the show. I mean, I'm very sorry that I didn't record from the very start because you did a very funny gag when the video um, started. You know, I love a gag. You do love a gag. And that's a that's a fancy... I'm slow. Wait, I'm slow on the uptake here. Are you actually recording video? No, I'm not. No. (laughs) You can put your clothes back on. Steven. How does that even work? Yeah, put your clothes back on, Jenna. Okay, let's... (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's a fancy face mask you got there. Very nice. It is. It is nice, is it? Mm. It's um, a friend of my, uh, my friend Andrew, his mother made a bunch of them. I don't really even know his mom, and she sent me three in the mail. That's, is this Andrew? I think that woman, she needed something to do. Is this Andrew from the book club, though? Exactly. Yeah, you see, so there's that my bond. Is... history. <laughs> Did you guys not start an online book club, considering the circumstances that we're in? Well, you'd think that we would, but neither of us is very technologically savvy. Right. So mostly we just text each other what books we're reading that have nothing to do with each other. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah. What are you reading? Well, thanks for asking. 
Well, because um, we we did talk a while ago. Like you, your basic uh, rule for yourself for I think for twenty twenty was that you were not going to buy any more books. You were going to read the books that are on your shelf. How is that going? Yes, and for the most part, that is working out. So I had a copy of Middlesex, mm. uh, which a lot of people would know. Uh, that was a very um, famous book written by the same guy that wrote The Virgin Suicides. Uh, so I just finished that. That was terrific. Right. What's that? Well, tell and us also about... very topical, what? you know, about gender um, identity and stuff. So there was that. I read that. That was great. And now I'm reading a really kind of pretentious memoir of mm. a guy who was a garden designer in London and he moved to the south of France. Oh, and Lord, absolutely. It's, it's just about rich people yeah. who move dirt around for their <laughs> south of France villas. Just so they can know? feel closer to nature and all that. Yeah, it goes into a lot of gardening detail that I know absolutely nothing about because <laughs> I have brown thumbs, which actually sounds disgusting. You have brown I, I thumbs. That I can't grow things. See, actually, you can look at my thumbs; they're normal. Yeah, they're normal. They're just, but they're not brown. Oh, is this is this as from, opposed to being a green thumb? I get you. Yes, because they're from coffee. Because yeah. they're in coffee. No. <laughs> keep sticking it in the grounds yeah. <laughs> and actually putting my thumb into everybody's coffee that I serve them yes nice so, nice that's a classic I, I feel like if you did write a memoir that you would write it in that voice that would be the voice of that you know middle class or upper class English person who did go gardening in the south of France so you know you know I made one made oneself a coffee this morning and Jenna felt good yes, about it yes one made oneself so that I could fuel myself to fuel the others, because I do the good work of the caffeine bean. Absolutely. Yeah. You are a caffeine bean. That's a good point. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> that is a good New point. New drag name, yeah. caffeine bean. <laughs> I hate it. Actually, I sound like um, I'm some kind of bizarre cousin of, uh, what's her face, Francis Bean. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cobain. Ca- caffeine bean Cobain. and Francing bean. Yeah, Francis yeah. Bean. <laughs> So how has it been I going? I feel like that's not really going anywhere. Let's move on. <laughs> um, oh, no. What's happened? Where what's happened? You? Have I paused? Oh, I'm, my God. I'm still here. You were gone for a minute on oh, my screen. God. I'm touching nothing. And then, and then, uh, and then and you, you got... Stephen, are you reading anything? Do you know what? Really badly. I haven't... Not only have I not read, I haven't used a pen and paper, which was like a daily thing for me for a long time. It's kind of stopped in lockdown because I'm working a lot more online so it's a lot of yeah. screen time. It's not good, actually. No, I kind of... No. I, I do need to um, uh, read a book. My dad had given me a book about something to do with, like, um, these uh, Jesuit pre- monks. Jesuit monks that, you know, live in silence and kind of basically the opposite of what it is that I'm doing where I'm constantly consuming stuff on screen and he's kind of trying mm-hmm. to teach me about the importance of being silent and silent in yourself. Um, so right. I, sh- I should be reading that. <laughs> right. But I'm doing the opposite. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like during the pandemic it needs to be all kind of car crashes and plot twists. Yes. I'm not sure that the book that your dad gave you is going to provide you that. It's probably so it's probably not what, what... Yeah, it's hard to... Let's just be silent in the world that's crazy right now when you're locked in a fucking house. Um, it's yeah. kind of difficult. <laughs> yeah. Your hair looks like it's doing a lot of talking. Yeah. <laughs> I know Your it's hair is screaming. I'm... 
It's it's like, a fucking mop. It, to be fair, it does look like if Kramer let his hair go, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly what you look like. A young, attractive Kramer. It's totally it's, like, I'm loving the face, but whoa, Kramer hair. What's happening there? I don't know what's happened because it's one of these awkward things that I, I literally haven't looked at myself all day. And then I've come on to this call right now and I'm like, holy shit, that's big hair. <laughs> Did you think I wouldn't notice? I like, didn't. I'd just be like, oh, it, it must be Zoom blowing his hair out. I didn't. I, did, I didn't notice it myself until I put on this call. I'm like, Jesus, it's really fucking full on. I made more of an effort for this Zoom meeting than I ever did when you came to the apartment. I'm like, oh, I got to brush my hair and put on some lipstick. Yeah, it, but it's yeah. just from your chest up. That's it. We know it's pajamas. I'm actually, I'm just wearing a dickie. <laughs> you can, I'm naked from like mid chest down. Just you ca- you caught me. Yeah. I'm trying to set up the shot here for the for the call, and Jenna's going, "Are you wearing boxers?" I'm like, "No, no, they're shorts. They're shorts. Honestly, Jenna, they're shorts." But yeah, it's just you. Okay. What, Actually, I, I hadn't been thinking about that anymore. But thanks for bringing <laughs> my mind back. Well, I meant to, I can't even. I can't, it's awkward. I can't even fold my across my legs now because it's just too much leg on camera. <laughs> Oh. Your legs always that hairy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet lord. Girl, I mean, <laughs> I did actually wax my chest once, and that was ridiculously painful. Why did you do that? I don't know. I can't remember if it was a bet or something. I just thought it would be a good look, and but then all the lads were like, no, you just beat it. And I was like, it was a thing for a while, lads doing yeah. their chest. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you guys would get together for those slumber parties where you'd give each other <laughs> chest waxes. I remember that. Sticky popcorn and chest waxing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then one time somebody tried to paint somebody's toenails and we said, you know what, this trend is over. Oh, uh, that was so early noughties. Anyway. <laughs> So lockdown is sending you absolutely cracked. We do have to, I mean, we only have a short uh, time today, but you are going, did you get that garlic and anchovy recipe yet? I have it. You have have it right right here. here. Can you give that a quick read for the, for the listeners? Okay. And you will be back next week. This is really simple. You just need one 50 gram tin of anchovy fillets in olive oil. What's the name of this again? Sorry, by the way, what's the name of it again? It's called Anchoise. Anchoise, that's right. Anchoise. You, di- if you didn't hear, Jenna, if- So one tin anchovy fillets in olive oil, one garlic clove roughly chopped, half a teaspoon of red wine vinegar, 150 mils of um, uh, what's that? EVO. <laughs> Is that chemical? Extra virgin olive oil. Oh yes. Oh, Whoa. God. Well Why done. Well done. <laughs> EVO. And then just essentially just put everything into the blender. Right. Blend, blend, blend until it's emulsified. Mm. And then summer, get your summer. crudités yes. all laid out very stylishly. So some, some crackers, some yeah. breadsticks, all that kind of crack. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps a radish. Ooh, a radish, ladies and gentlemen. Because if, if some people are listening going, what the fuck are you guys talking about? It was, Anschwad was on the show. Jesus, a prob- year ago. Is it a year? Seriously, Stephen, it's been a year. Like we started doing these last summer. So oh it's been my god! A year. So yeah, but like that isn't that hilarious that somebody literally I've had two or three times in the last week people asking for the Anchoad recipe and we talked about it a year ago. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, crazy. there it is, everybody. There it is. I, I will I will write it out and put it in the description to the podcast and let us know how your Anchoad re- went. 
Jenna's going to be back next week on the show. Yep. She's nodding. Because I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Jenna, thank you so much. Let's chat next week to look after yourself. Okay. Jenna, Jenna, Jenna. She's the best. It's always great to catch up with her. And we had an amazing chat uh, for the Patreon podcast that came out last Friday and loads of messages from patrons who really enjoyed that one. Thank you so much. Jenna is such a fascinating and really funny character, but man, is she super smart. And we had a really in-depth conversation about everything that is going on in the US at the moment and how it is relating to people on the ground because it's not necessarily something that you are hearing that clearly and that well because of media, because of social media, because certain voices will be louder than others. And sometimes you will hear mainly from the big the bigger cities but it's interesting to 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 have that chat with jenna about how it's affecting people on the ground in towns and in places in cities that you you might not have heard of and it's certainly not making it to the news she told this fascinating story and it's interesting how um this developed over the weekend but how in certain towns that her friends are in that there are statues of slave traders who are heroes in american history or history or seen to be heroes in american history and then we had that conversation with jenna on friday and then on sunday in bristol in the united kingdom they went and pulled down a statue of a of a guy who was a a slave trader so it was interesting to see how the tensions are working out on a practical level for the everyday person. So uh, thanks very much to the patrons for the messages. And I'm really glad that you enjoyed that show. And I hope to hear from some of you who are out there trying that Antoine recipe. If you're new to the podcast and you are wondering what the hell is this Antoine about? Jen and I did a podcast in her house probably a year ago, as, as I think she said. I think it probably is about a year ago. And she made this amazing garlic and anchovy dip which as you can imagine is super powerful but you just dip a bit of cracker into it and eat it and it's it's just so tasty speaking of patreon i wanted to um say thank you very much to all the other people who have joined Um, thank you to denise who has joined uh, in the past week as well and i hope you're enjoying the the extra podcasts and videos as well and I've had a few conversations with people who want to support the podcast, but are asking questions about Patreon. The And um, I suppose it is, it's complicated. And a couple of people were saying, I've got so many subscriptions that I don't want to, you know, I'd rather just give you some money rather than, than um, sign up to a, a regular monthly thing. And the idea of Patreon is, is because as an independent artist, myself... The great thing about Patreon is that what it does do is it gives you a um, it gives you a way to have a relationship with your listeners, which is hugely important to me. I already get great feedback from the patrons, and um, it's hugely important for me. But not only that, it means that it's a, it's an ongoing thing. So, like, I feel like how do you how do you like I have a relationship with the patrons, and um, that's really as an artist what you want to build is to, is to have a relationship with the people that support you in your work that like your work, and um, and that's really what I want to do. So some people who want to give a one a once off payment etc etc I kind of prefer even if it is for more money I kind of prefer not to because um, I I'm doing this podcast for you guys for free anyway so it's coming out for you anyway so I don't feel that like you you got to be sending me. Uh, 
lumps of money or anything like that. And I totally get it. Like people are, as I got a message from people during the week, Netflix, Spotify, Amazon Prime. What else was there? There was another um, Disney Plus. People are, are subscribing to all these things. And I get that another, uh, you know, five or a month, you know, it does it does add up. So I appreciate that. And I and to, to that, I say that is absolutely cool. I understand what it's like to not have money. And this podcast will be free for you anyway. I genuinely didn't, wouldn't have the money to be able to support somebody for five or a month. That's the truth. Because, as you know, I make my money as a live stand-up comedian. So, I ain't got no money. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no money. I'm going to make a happy song. That's a good one. I'm going to make a happy song on the guitar and write it for you guys. I ain't got no money. But it's okay. I've got my health. I've got food. I have a roof over my head. I have my family. Lockdown does make me more grateful, I have to say. So, what I'm saying to you is there's no pressure for the Patreon. If you want to support me, the idea is that you buy me a coffee a month. That is the the idea for Patreon. And I'm very grateful to all the people who have already supported me. And I'm delighted to have that relationship with you guys. And I'm delighted to be able to give you guys more content. And if you can't do that, that is absolutely fine as well. I will still be here doing my thing. And who knows, maybe one day I get to a level where people will be, you know, paying me to put sponsorship on the podcast. Who knows? But I'll just keep working away here. Keep working away to keep you smiling. Keep you interested in the stuff that I'm making and... And that's the name of the game. I just keep doing it. And money, it'll work itself out in the end. Oh, so I did say, I said thank you. Welcome to Denise, who has joined the Patreon. And thank you. And uh, Elaine, um, I won't say her second name because I don't want to be putting out identities and all that. But thank you very much uh, for your donation. I have written to you personally this morning. I hope you get it. I hope it didn't go into your spam email or anything like that. But just to say... Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And as I said, it means a lot. I don't know what my future is, to be honest with you. I was talking to comedian Chris Kent there recently. He was supposed to do his first Vicar Street before lockdown happened. And now, obviously, please God, it still does happen. But when? Who knows? But um, I, he was saying that he was thinking about becoming a postman. And... Uh, I'd, look, I've made coffee for postmen in the past. And let me tell you, they're up early. But they're finished early as well. Coming in for coffee at 11am. Their day's work is done. Woo! So who knows? Yours truly here might be, might be a, might be, I might be a postman delivering post to your door. Who knows? I genuinely don't know what the future holds for me. But that's fine. That's what the adventure of life is all about. I wanted to talk to you about math training as well. I don't think I'm going to have time for it today. But math training. I So many people are texting me about the running. I had a Zoom call with one of the patrons last week. And it subsequently turned out that we've set some goals with running for this individual. So you know who you are. I'm excited. Um, I'm really, I want to send you more encouragement and more love. And I hope your running is going really good. But math training, M-A-F is a way of training that everybody can do. It does not matter what your weight is. doesn't matter if you think you can't run. I think this style of training is the perfect style of running for everybody. Why? Because you'll get fit, you'll get the runners high, and it's a slow, slow, slow build to be able to doing long distances and getting fast and stuff like that. But 
it's um it's also a way that literally everybody can do it because it works with what your personal heart rate is so i've been doing i ran another half marathon yesterday um, a lot of you know that I was out injured all of last week, sorry, the week before last with shin splints, genuinely worried, but I started this math training, which means that I run longer but really slow, and my shin splints are fine. I haven't got an injury, and I'm delighted. I managed to do 20, I managed to do another half a marathon yesterday. It was a very slow time, but the idea of math training is that you do it slow, you do it easy. For me, I don't go above 140 beats per minute. But that means I can just go for ages and ages. And then months down the line, when I'm still running at 140 beats per minute, I'll be running faster. And that's the kind of base aerobic training. Now, I'm not going to go into it too much because I reached out to a woman who I, I looked I look up to massively. Her name is Anna from The Running Channel. The Running Channel is on YouTube. Check it out. It's kind of really did help me get into running in this period of lockdown. And she runs The Running Channel. I reached out to her. She got back to me. And we're going to do an interview for the podcast. She, like, if you, to give you, an, let, me, let, let me literally Google this now. See how many followers they have on, uh, how many subscribers they have on YouTube, the running channel, YouTube. Click, open the link, and how many subscribers? 124,000 subscribers. That's her talking there. There she is, Anna from the Running Channel. 124,000 subscribers. This channel is huge. And as far as I know, I think this is what she does full time now. So I reached out to her on social media. She said she'd love to come on the podcast. And I'm going to have Anna from the Running Channel. I'll put a link in the description for you guys. It's going to come and chat to us on the podcast to encourage you guys in doing your running. So delighted to have that. Also, one last thing before we go. I said, I mentioned Disney Plus, and I mentioned this amazing movie that I watched, but some of you might have seen it in the cinema already. An amazing film about a rock climber called, what was his name again? Alex. Let's Alex Honnold. In this movie called Free Solo. I think it might be on Netflix in some countries. It's on Disney Plus here in Ireland at the moment. I can't afford Disney Plus either. But my brother has it so he's given me the code to get into it. But what a movie. If I can recommend something for you guys to watch for absolute inspiration. It's about this rock climber who carries on with these ridiculous feats of climbing rocks, mountains of ridiculous sizes and proportion, and he does it without a rope. So, documentary filmmaker makes this amazing movie on Alex Honnold. Uh, It's a National Geographic documentary. It's absolutely stunning. Here it says, an intimate and unflinching portrait of the free soloist climber Alex Honnold as he prepares to achieve his lifelong dream, climbing the face of the world's famous rock, El Captain in Yosemite or uh, Yosemite Park, National Park in the USA. It is 3,000 feet to climb and he does it without a rope and it's like looking at the side of a glacier. It's like, how would you climb that? It just looks straight and slippy. But what a movie. There's moments of it that I was emotional, like crying. 
because you could see what a mental battle it was and he has a girlfriend now and he struggled with relationships all his life and he didn't have, you know, he lives in a van. He's been living in a van for years. Crazy stuff like this. He's a, he's a crazy character. He's got hands like shovels, but he was like a quiet nerd in school. There wasn't really much of a socializer. Still isn't much of a socializer. Just wants to be on his own. And he's lived in this van for years. Like, even the mad little things that you watch him, he makes his dinner in a pot and he eats it out with a spatula instead of using a fork and knife or a spoon. Or He's just completely in his own little world. Never ha- really had much girlfriends. And then he has a girlfriend in this movie. And he he, he has to learn how to hug. He's, you know... All sorts of other things going on in his head. But there's times where you're watching this movie, I'm physically sweating. My hands were sweating. I had to pause it. And there's ups and downs in this movie as well. Pardon the pun, obviously, because he's climbing. But <laughs> the emotional roller coaster that brings you that this brings you on, wow, it's amazing. Guys, if you've watched it, send me a message. Tell me what you think about it. Um, and or watch it during this week, highly recommend it. If there's something that could inspire you about the human spirit, this is the movie for you. Speaking of inspiring people, I feel very lucky to get to have talked to, to have gotten to have talked to this guy. Dr. Paul Quinn, as I was talking to you about, is um works in in the work of music therapy. He's a clinical psychologist as well. Now you will hear me saying musical therapy at the start of the interview a few times and he's very politely corrected me going, yeah, yeah, so it's music therapy, not musical therapy because <laughs> musical therapy, I personally wouldn't get any therapy out of watching musicals, let me fucking tell you. <laughs> but what a really nice, genuine guy um, who, who works in the field of music therapy. And it was Leon who helps me out on the show Leon Vaughn that you'll hear me talking about at the end of each podcast who's living in South Carolina in the USA Leon knew Dr. Paul Quinn he put us in touch we had a phone call and I was like fascinated by the work that he did and I thought that was something really cool and interesting to be able to share with you guys so here is my chat with Dr. Paul Quinn a fantastic conversation I want to thank Paul so much again but also at the end of this conversation, we'll, you will hear how Paul is talking about uh, Livy. Now, Livy is a little girl, um, who baby even, who is struggling with a very, 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 very rare disease. And in order for her to be cured of this disease or for this disease to be treated, she has to go to the States to uh to have a, a very uh, rare procedure done and as you can imagine it costs a lot of money so paul does talk uh, a little bit about the fundraiser that's happening for this and how a lot of musicians are posting their own musical pieces some original pieces or some covers of pieces in order to raise money to raise awareness and raise money online there is a gofundme page for livy where they have to raise two million Euro. I'm looking at it here online and I've almost reached half a million already, which is absolutely amazing. But I'll just read this little piece up out here from the page, from the GoFundMe page. We are raising funds for the treatment and care of Olivia, our beautiful baby girl. Little Livy has been diagnosed with a rare and serious genetic neuromuscular condition called spinal muscular atrophy type 1. 
SMA is caused by a gene deletion which results in deterioration of Livy's nerve cells connecting her brain and spinal cord to her body's muscles. There is no cure and Livy has its most severe type. Livy's muscles used for activities such as crawling, walking, sitting up, moving her head and even swallowing and breathing are becoming progressively weaker and shrinking. Without any treatment, little Livy's condition would continue to deteriorate and it would be unlikely, unlikely that she would live past her second birthday. So at the end of this episode, uh, chat with Paul, he is raising awareness about the cause for Livy. I will put a link to the GoFundMe page in the description to this podcast. It's obviously more important than my Patreon. So I would encourage you guys to go and have a look. And if you had a few quid that you could spare, uh, that would be cool. It's cool. Oh, I can see already four minutes ago, somebody's donated 25 euros. Some, nine minutes ago, somebody donated 33. Oh, that's really cool to, that you can see it happening live. Um, so God bless you, Livy. And um, we hope that anyone who's listening to the show that would be able to help out. But for now, you've got a fantastic conversation ahead of you to hear from the fantastic Dr. Paul Quinn. I'm a bit of an idiot. I apologize for the sound on these Zoom calls. I haven't quite nailed it yet. I do need to work on it a little bit. But hopefully with lockdown ending, we can get out of this shite and I can see people in real person and have guests back on again and let them hold microphones and stuff like that. Woo! We won't know ourselves. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the fantastic, the wonderful Dr. Paul Quinn. <laughs> Paul Quinn, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to be honest, I've made a balls up already at the start of this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to be honest, and we are five minutes in, and I did press record, but the recorder wasn't recording, so I apologize again to you, Paul, in advance. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Paul. No, thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> so... We are talking. In ter- we were talking uh, about music therapy, and out there in the world, I'm sure there are people listening, a who have never heard about music, musical therapy, but also they might have assumptions of what musical therapy is. They might think it's absolute rubbish, and sure, we all have musical therapy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What is the definition of music, musical therapy that you're doing now, the work you do? Yeah, so it's music therapy anyway, and um, that's an interpersonal process involving the use of music and all its facets to help someone to improve or maintain their health. So in some instances, you know, a person's needs are addressed directly through music and in others, they are addressed through the relationships built throughout the sessions. So I'm also a clinical psychologist and um, what the research now suggests is that the main kind of successful predictor of outcome for, um, for successful outcome rather for, for any type of therapy is the relationship between the person and the therapist. That's the main projection. Right, okay. And music therapists really utilize that. But the great thing is that they also have this thing called music, which um, is so universal and can be utilized in so many different ways to meet to meet specific goals. Um, and and the, probably the misconception comes for also from the fact that music is used as a therapy oh, yes. you know, by everyone. And it's been used as a therapy for centuries, if not millennia. Yes. You know, Music therapy, I suppose, in contrast, is a relatively new discipline um, in, in that regard. Yes. So when you're talking, so when you, we, as we chatted before about it, 
when you're talking about music therapy that you do now and you talked about the assessment, for example, you're going through the assessment, the music therapist goes through a one-on-one assessment and you are um, addressing the needs that the client has and you are treating those symptoms using the music therapy. What kind of stuff, what kind of, what kind of things can, can music therapy, what kind of symptoms can music therapy be used to treat yeah, so you're dead right. So it's a systematic process that involves kind of assessment, then intervention and evaluation, much like any other evidence-based therapies. And the assessment process include, includes a general kind of look at uh, you know people's physiological functioning, their cognitive functioning, their communication skills, their social skills, and it determines you know that their response to music and potential music techniques. And it also creates or formulates an individualized plan whereby an intervention can be um, put in place. And those goals, for instance, might be physical, they might be cognitive, they might be emotional, and they might be social goals. Um, And it's so diverse, really, because there are such a range of populations that music therapy is used with that even just narrowing it down is quite difficult. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's used for people for children with autism spectrum disorder for example you know it's used to to look at non-musical behaviors such as movement communication you know speech and language social skills um activities of daily living and look at you know adults then older adults perhaps with neurodegenerative disorders such as dementia Mm -hmm. alzheimer's disease it looks at kind of social interaction and reminiscent use of music to to evoke emotions and memory um, traumatic brain injury, a good bit of experience in that area in the sense that uh, specific non-musical goals would be, you know, movement, um, functional uh, goals such as finger dexterity, uh, gait, communication, uh, speech and language again, you know, social skills, memory, cognition. And then in the area of mental health as well, you know, there's so much research around, you know, building self-esteem and yeah. and awareness of self. And, yeah. Um, you know, awareness of emotions and expression of emotions as well. You know, it's a huge area of research. So um, I'm sorry if, I, if I'm keeping it quite broad. No, I know, so I know. It, but but it's, it's, it is an absolutely fascinating world. And as you said, it is a, it, it is a new, newish enough type of therapy. What is that fair to say? Yeah, well, again, you know, music as a therapy, you can rewind all the way back yes. to Plato and Aristotle. You, know, yes. you, you really see the healing influence of music. And it was, I think it was actually prescribed by the ancient Greeks to like... Um, alleviate symptoms of hangovers oh right okay anyway that's definitely still going on (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah if you look at i suppose in terms of music therapy as a discipline really uh, came about after world war one right soldiers were coming back from from war um with shell shock what we now know as post-traumatic stress disorder okay uh, doctors and nurses were really recognizing that there was an emotional and physical response to music by the soldiers and then soon they were hiring musicians to come into the hospitals to to play for them and then it was soon evident that prior training was needed because those sessions really evoked a lot of emotions and these processes that were very complex and so you know music therapy curriculums were kind of in demand then in colleges and like any other kind of therapeutic approach it kind of exploded and now there's humanistic approaches um, uh, psychodynamic approaches behavioral approaches to music therapy um, much like uh, disciplines like psychology or psychotherapy. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a, grown 
I'd say since World War One. Yes, okay, and it's also not like so. Th- so people, for example, in the wards, the nurses in the wards would have recognised with shell shock victims that they are reacting differently to when music is being played to them in the ward. But it's also not. It's not kind of. Uh, it's not faff, really. We were speaking about before, and you were telling me before about the studies that are done on the brain the actions that are, are happening in the brain. So there is scientific evidence to prove that that, that, it, that it is moving things. Hugely, yeah. I mean, music itself, you know, they're, they're, we're still understanding the neuroscience behind music itself. But music therapy as a discipline, you know, the research is really growing. And, you know, meta-analyses and RCTs, you know, randomized controlled trials have really shown the effectiveness of music therapy within specific uh, areas. And, one, I suppose, explanation that neuroscience offers is that it activates the reward pathway of the brain. So right. old-fashioned dopamine. Yes, um, yeah. Music activities, um, uh, you know, activate the reward network of the brain. And uh, by pairing such rewarding music with desired non-musical behaviors, music therapists can uh, tap into brain's reward pathways. Right. Um, and if you look at another thing called the Hebbian theory, so that's the fact that new neurons that fire together wire together. So in other words, for two neurons to make a new connection or to strengthen an existing one, they must fire these things called a- action potentials at the same time. Right. And we're just shown that, you know, sensory stimuli such as music can cause neural populations to fire in this kind of synchronous uh, way. Amazing. So rhythm, for example, is one <clears throat> component of music, one of many, you know, there's there's so many components of music. If you look at melody, yeah. words, yes. harmony, yeah. uh, timbre, tempo, you know, form. Uh, if you just take rhythm, if you link that with a behavior, even the simplest kind of tapping your foot or clicking yes. know, to a beat, it's actually, you're undergoing this phenomenon called entrainment. Right. Or rhythmic entrainment. And so by pairing music with activities such as movement, you know, vocalization, breathing, and music therapists may be eliciting simultaneous firing of neurons in the brain and the areas of the brain controlling these behaviors. So it strengthens the neural connectivity and it leads to faster and more permanent changes for people. Um, and that's probably music's or music therapy's strongest feature is the fact that music is so broad and diverse yes. and it activates all these areas of the brain. You know, there's no musical low. Yes. It, it creates kind of areas of the brain involved in, um, you know, reading, listening, playing, moving, but also experiencing memories, you know, and the emotional context of music and the expectations associated with, with music. You know, it, it's quite it's quite a... A fascinating area yes. of research, really, if you think about it. It's, you, it's so, you're so right that it is that those elements of music are so intrinsic in human beings, because I even watch it in my, in my, my two-year-old daughter, and her, like, nobody teaches a two-year-old to dance, or nobody teaches a child to do anything when a song comes on, but it's fascinating to watch the world that she goes into and how her body responds to what's what's going on and we had, a, we had a great day the other the other afternoon with 90s dance music which to me meant a certain thing but all of a sudden she started moving with her hands and doing this re totally natural untaught reaction to the music yeah. that was fascinating yeah, it's to so watch innate, isn't it? it's, it's so, so innate. universal yeah and you know i work a lot with children as well i work in a disability service um as a clinical psychologist but i, I kind of throw in my music therapy experience as well yes 
and music can be can be used and it's really a way in with children isn't it yes it's just once once you have their attention from absolutely music, you can kind of work on different goals yeah from there yeah know? yeah yeah and the key thing i suppose in terms of you know qualified music therapists is that they use this their advantage and they use it in a non-judgmental type way so that the person's musical preferences their abilities um, and their achievements are always accepted non-judgmentally. Yes. And as a result, the kind of artistic standards of music therapy, if you like, are more broader and more inclusive. Yeah. And, um, you know, on that note, you know, the, the music is not the goal. You know, music is just the tool used to reach a non-musical goal or a therapeutic goal. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it's such a, a broad kind of... Uh, area or a broad method rather to, to use in a therapy context and mm. um, multi-sensory as well you know it engages all the senses yes it. yeah it's visual tactile kinesthetic stimulation yeah in addition to kind of that auditory form it's fascinating when you were talking there about um the uh, the neurons in the brain and how they connect to each other and how the pathways get reopened and stuff like that so i'm just wondering for people to get an understanding of it in their heads what does that look like on a practical level if you were um doing uh if you were carrying out music therapy say for example with somebody who was struggling with learning to walk again or something like that what what does that look like what's the practice look like there in order to get those neurons going right so i mean so on that note, I suppose in terms of music therapy and the research, if you take, for example, people who have experienced a stroke yeah. or Parkinson's disease, um, music listening and music playing has has uh, really shown to be effective in improving those kind of um, functional goals and, um, for example, walking, speed, the tempo, and that auditory rhythmic entrainment can really be utilized to for, for a patient in that case to to improve their walking ability um but i suppose that's going away in a sense to the question in the sense that you know the techniques that music therapists use um music listening is just one that music playing is another okay right. music writing you know composition um, and this can be helped to you know it can help uh, develop the ability to document and communicate inner experiences and to increase perhaps self-esteem or problem solving okay um, then the, the, the really exciting area that, that I find is music improvisation. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of going back to the children with um, autism spectrum disorder. You know, it's a great way of establishing a nonverbal channel of communication yeah. and bridge uh, verbal communication as well. You know, it, it can really provide a, a fulfilling means of yes. self-expression. These children because it can be so frustrating as a as any child to somehow express yourself and when you think about it words you know it's just it's such a own very simplistic and sometimes you can't express through words and even as adults we can't so that's a a fantastic thing to be able to do as well what's what's the really famous uh, quote again it's like where words fail music uh speaks right okay yeah yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, it's so true. How did so? You're a musician yourself as well, obviously. So that's how you get into that world. How did this journey start out for you? Did you start off just in music and then go into the psychology type of things, or what way did it work? Yeah, I definitely took the scenic route anyway. Um, <laughs> but I suppose I was involved with um, uh, youth services uh, throughout my teenage years. 
and I really kind of saw the power of music within those contexts. Um, and then I kind of had an interest in psychology, so I pursued a degree in that. And then I was a musician for a couple of years, so traveled around Ireland and uh, the UK and a bit around Europe as well. And ultimately, after a couple of years, I decided to fuse my interests um, of psychology and the music together and pursued that uh, music therapy master's. Um, there's one in UL now, and it's, it's the only one in Ireland, actually. Um, and then whilst I was doing that, I decided to pursue a clinical psychology doctorate. So I'm now working as a clinical psychologist, but I'm kind of putting, putting my music hat on. Sometimes. Right. OK, I get that. So are you, you're a doctor. I didn't, are you a doctor, Paul? Yeah, I didn't yeah. understand. Sorry, I didn't. I have to cut that back in at the start now, Paul. <laughs> I feel bad now, <laughs> Doctor Paul Quinn. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, that's amazing. That's a, I mean, that's an amazing journey uh, to 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 get you there. When you were playing in the bands and you're touring Ireland and all that kind of stuff, were you aware of music therapy as a as a thing, or how did you come across it as a, a thing that you yeah. could do? I think I just came across it really organically. I know I wasn't aware of it. Um, okay. I could aware of it i'd say in my early 20s and i was like wow this is a real kind of like radical way of working with people you know and and my experience you know through the youth center kind of work i was a kind of a leader in summer camp for a number of years and i could really see the power of kind of songs and that social bit you know it's quite it, it's part of our kind of evolution really in terms of kind of the social impact that music can have mm-hmm. um, on ourselves and on groups as well mm. and strengthening those kind of relational connectedness um, or connections rather. Yes. Um, really kind of experienced that firsthand, but I was only able to, to articulate it and to make sense of it afterwards when I realized it was a profession. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a fantastic, uh, uh, f- to, uh, to me again, fascinating, but like you obviously come across it's such a broad world but you come across all sorts of things in your workplace what is your favorite part of your work what is the what is the bit that really gets you excited because you were very passionate about this uh well i suppose <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes it's it's guilt like i feel guilty sometimes when i'm working because like i'm getting paid to do this and i think it's just like, <laughs> yeah you're you're having so much fun sometimes and you know some people say that you shouldn't be having fun with in kind of music therapy context but i think it's part and parcel with music you know it's okay, such yeah. a fun creative way of working and yeah particularly when you do see kind of children communicating and expressing themselves through music particularly when they're non-verbal um, and perhaps they're not able to say something but they can sing it wow you know, it's powerful and um, and even just for older kids as well i worked with like members of the traveling community and um I did a lot of rock, rap writing with them. You know? Okay, they okay. Were kind of making sense of their experiences, often traumatic experiences, and and things and, and thoughts and emotions that they would never probably say, but they were rapping about and recording with me. You know, and it was really powerful stuff. You know, and that's probably what I take away from from the work. Really, the the fact that it is having such a positive effect for 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 people and. Um, again, yeah, sometimes I just feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> How is Ireland doing with that? Because I remember you were saying t- to me before that like other countries around the world, it's like a, a standard, um, would, would it say like it would be a, a medical treatment that like in hospitals they would recommend you have to go to music therapy? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so in the UK, in Canada, America, Australia, music therapy is recognized and uh, regulated as a discipline. Right. It isn't regulated in Ireland, unfortunately. 
Um, I think there are about like 100, 150 qualified music therapists, but it's hard to tell the difference sometimes because it's not regulated. You know, it's hard to tell the difference between just somebody going into the hospital and playing the guitar. Or yes. Something like that. Yeah. And, and there is a difference. Um, so hopefully, you know, it will be regulated sometime soon. Uh, it was supposed to be, I think, a number of years ago. I don't know what happened, but certainly all these hospital settings and, and you know, a lot of my peers and a lot of people I work with have recognized the value of creative arts therapies, you know, music therapy, uh, drama therapy, art therapy, um, and the research behind these kind of disciplines and these ways of working is really exciting and it's really building kind of day by day. And, mm. uh, you know, I think it's only a matter of time where, where it's really in the public consciousness um, that music therapy, you know, you're ex- exactly, you're just, you know, it's kind of seen that this person may benefit from music yeah. therapy and their preferred to music therapy. And there's like, you know, a music therapy building or a music therapy office. And, th- and there are in, in certain settings in Ireland, there are some kind of pioneers of the discipline that have set up those type of uh, situations but um, hopefully in the next couple of years it's going to grow as a discipline. Is it something that for example say somebody listening now thought that they would like to uh, uh, get in contact with somebody about music therapy is it accessible to people like that now to be able to contact a music therapist for example? Um, Yeah 100% uh, there is an association um, the Irish Association for Creative Arts Therapies Okay. um, IACAT Okay. I'm not sure the website, but iacat.ie probably. Okay. And um, you can see who is a qualified music therapist in your area and in what specific uh, area they work in, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, with adult populations, um, child populations, and in what settings as well. Because, you know, music therapists work in schools, hospitals, community centers, um, psychiatric hospitals, you name it, you know, they, they work everywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's probably your first kind of... Uh, place to look fantastic you are also working on or well you're you're um you want to tell us a little bit about a fundraiser that is uh up and coming at the moment you want to tell us a bit about that yeah sure so um my friend's cousin uh their their baby was born with um i think called spinal muscular atrophy and they require a special gene therapy treatment from the states and it costs two million euro and I think they've they've raised over half a million euro at, at this stage. And it's, it's called hashtag a better life for Livy. And it will really make a difference if you could donate whatever you can. They have a GoFundMe page and um, a Facebook page. And there's a bit of a movement in the sense that there's a lot of musicians just throwing up songs and nominating their friends and just to spread the word and use the hashtag. So it's a better life for Livy. A better life for Livy. I'll put up some links. Uh, I'll go for the oh, link for it on, on, on the podcast. Absolutely. Yes. And um, th- so there's a, and there's a song going around about it as well, isn't there? Well, there's just so many songs, you know, everyone's right. putting up a song. Um, I put up a song uh, uh, last week, I think just on, um, on YouTube. Okay. Facebook or uh, whichever one. Uh, (laughs) That's actually a song that's actually quite close to my heart. Um, It was written by a man called Mihal Sudawan, who actually has done a lot for Irish music. Um, And he actually set up the Irish Academy of Music and Dance in the University of Limerick. And that's where the music therapy course is. The only um, one in Ireland. And he was the the guy to do it. Right. Okay. And so this song is called uh, Woodbrook by Michal Asudawan. It's it's my guitar um, arrangement of his piano piece. Thank you so much for coming on, Paul. I really appreciate 
uh, you coming on the show, uh, especially on your lunch break, because I know you're a busy man. <laughs> so really appre- appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for sending us the song, and I will be putting up all the links uh, for A Better Life for Livy on, uh, in the description to the podcast as well. Um, so, Paul, I really appreciate it, and all the best with your work in the future. Likewise. You too, Sibo. All the best. Ladies and gentlemen, I am delighted to present to you, written by Mihola Sullivan, Woodbrook, performed by Paul Quinn. special piece of music i had forgotten about mihal asulavon and i knew that track and many of you who have grown up in ireland or have irish cultural roots will know that song i remember my dad playing it i think on cassette tape somewhere but it's such an absolutely beautiful piece and thank you so much again to paul quinn unfortunately That is all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. And I will say a quick thank you because I'm going to leave the last word of this show to somebody else. Usually I'll do the thank yous if you're here for the first time with some happy, upbeat music. And I love doing that. 
But I got sent this fantastic uh, spoken word piece, this poem, from a man called Daniel Breslin. He sent it to me a while ago, and I just haven't had a chance to put it in. If you go onto his website, danielbreslinpoetry.com, I'll put the link in the description. It's the best opening to a biography that I have ever seen. He says about himself, Daniel Breslin is probably Ireland's least known and least respected professionally trained failed actor. Unlike Robert De Niro, who got paid to act like he was living in his mom's in The King of Comedy, Daniel actually does live with his. (laughs) Go on to his website to read the rest of that funny, cool, but honest biography. I like that. But he sent me on this lovely... Lovely piece of work, which I thought was apt for kind of where we all are at now as lockdown is coming to an end in Ireland and we go back out there into the world and it's kind of weird to navigate what's going to happen, what's the future going to look like. Even for me, like, what am I going to do? Is work going to happen? You know, am I going to become a postman? Is my daughter going to be able to start school in September? And you can get stressed. You can work yourself up a bit in your head. Everything that's happening in the US and the pain and the anger that is out there in the world. And it can get a little bit too much for your head, you know. But Daniel has a really great piece here that kind of puts a little bit of perspective on it all. There's a great line in it where it says, my favorite line is, not everything happens for a reason, but you have to find your reason in the happening. Which I thought was pretty cool. So... I will leave Daniel with the last word on episode 67. Thank you to Leon Vaughan, who's sitting on the porch in sunny Sumter, downtown South Carolina. Sorry, downtown Sumter, South Carolina. I nearly have it off by heart, Leon. (laughs) Thank you to all of you who are listening. Thank you. um, And as per usual, if you can't become a patron of the show, which I should have said earlier on, but... You don't have to become a patron if you can't do it, but you can share it. It would mean the world to me if you guys share it on social media or you got one other person listening to the show. Thank you to Jenna, who will be back soon, of course. Massive thank you to Dr. Paul Quinn. And I think that is all. Thank you to you guys for listening. I genuinely appreciate you being here. But for now, I hope you have a great week and enjoy the work of Daniel Breslin. Take a breath. I go through life, hurtling at great speeds. I go through life, and life goes through me. I don't know where each experience leads, but when it's getting too much, I just remind myself to breathe. Most often things don't go the way we want them to, but in that lies the making of the soul, the making of you. In how you deal with your defeats, in how you react when you're deflated. For life ain't always sweet. It'll cheat you, beat you and frustrate you. But in that remember those who made you. And remember you're a child. And it's alright to lose your way kid. It's alright to go a little wild. In fact it's often those who lose their way know the right road when they take it. For they've walked paths that have gone astray and they know what risk, loss and real heartbreak is. Some people keep themselves in check, always play it safe, till they get close to death and they see a lot of waste. So when you're feeling quite upset and you're getting sick of your mistakes, why don't you go out and take a breath? Try feel a little thanks for what's in place. 
Take a look at those who are near you, who care for you now, and try let loose a little fear from you. Believe it will all work out somehow. Things don't happen for a reason, but you must find your reason in the happening. It's alright to take some time out, soul search, breathe in, exhale. For eventually we must get back to acting. This life is where it's at. Being alive is all there is. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. There's enough of that. Take a breath. Exhale. Live. Make mistakes. Take a break. Take a breath. Exhale. Live. Feel the weight. Take a break. Take a breath. Exhale. Live. Feel upset. Take a break. Take a breath. Exhale. Live. Accept your place. Feel some tanks. Take a break. Take a breath. Exhale. Live. Take your time. Calm your mind. Take a breath. Exhale. Live. Let go what you can't control. Take a breath. Exhale. Live. Meet what's inside. When you need to, cry. Take a breath. Exhale. Live. And when yourself has been met, take a step. Take a breath. Exhale. And when yourself has been met, take a step. Take a breath. Exhale. Live. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.